welcome to ACS Synthetic Biology's podcast for December 2013. I'm Ranjani Prithviraj, Managing Editor of the Journal. This month's podcast will highlight articles published in the latest issue of ACS Synthetic Biology. Join us every month to hear from the authors themselves and to learn more about the rapidly growing fields of synthetic and systems biology. The current issue of ACS Synthetic Biology features eight original research manuscripts and a technical note describing in-situ overlap and sequence synthesis during DNA assembly. We are now joined by Dr. Federico Katzen, R&D Senior Manager at Life Technologies in Carlsbad, California. Federico is a senior author on a paper in this month's issue entitled E. coli with two linear chromosomes. Hi Federico, thank you for joining us today. Oh, hi. Thank you for inviting me. To start, could you tell our listeners where the field of synthetic biology currently stands with respect to the generation of artificial microorganisms? Well, I guess that it's still in the cradle of that. I mean, we are having difficulties, I mean, even with much simpler things. For example, imagine how much it takes to optimize a single gene for species-specific expression. That can take several iterations. If we grow a little bit up on the scale, I mean, just refactoring a gene cluster, let's say, and, has, and this has been done, I mean, for 20 genes, for example, it takes first to understand its basic metabolic engineering principles. We have to replace non-coding DNA, regulatory proteins, non-essential genes, eliminate internal regulation, what else, optimize codons, eliminate redundancy. This is a project that can take several years, right? So um, even the manipulation of an existing virus, I mean, for, let's say, a vaccine production can take a great deal of effort. So imagine the degree of complexity that it will take to make a synthetic organism from scratch. So uh, I recognize and actually admire, I mean, the progress that has been made during the last uh, few years, maybe in the last decade. And one of the clearest examples is Venter's papers on generating artificial bacteria. But I believe we have the tools and the technology to write, I mean, megabases worth of DNA. Even we can transplant a DNA into other species. But we don't yet understand the full grammatical rules that govern even the simplest living organism. So why has this been so difficult? Basically, we have to accommodate uh, in a single organism not only just the DNA, but the expression, regulation, metabolic pathways, partition of DNA. So this is something that it takes quite a bit of understanding that we don't have. We have just pieces of this knowledge out there, but we don't have a unified way to consolidate all these uh, rules, which most of them are unknown, into a single big recipe for making an organism. In your current paper, you describe the splitting of E. coli circular chromosome into two linear chromosomes. What was the rationale behind this and how did you do it? All right, so the idea stemmed from the fact that there's a limit on the length of the DNA that we make with the current technologies. So the limit is imposed by the host, basically, where the propagation of that DNA takes place. And to make, I mean, very, very large DNA, the host of, by excellence, is the yeast. I mean, it's Saccharomyces cerevisiae. And the limits of today is probably around two megabases, give or take. Although there are some examples of organisms with genomes that are smaller for this size, I mean, up to two megabases, 
the majority of uh, bacterial species have chromosomes that are significantly larger. They take, for example, the E. coli genome, which is the most common bacteria I use at least for research. That's 4.6 megabases, right? So that's well above the limit imposed by nature, right? So the idea of this paper or this project was to fragment the genome into smaller pieces that can be synthesized and propagated in an assembly host, for example, in yeast. But then when combined into a single chassis, they could generate a viable cell. So um, the idea is just to grab subgenomes hmm, from different assembly hosts and combine them in a similar way as today we combine plasmids. Hmm. To prove the concept, we had to face, let's say, a number of problems, right? So first of all, how to split the chromosome, right? So in, in the paper, we analyzed a few options. I'm not going to go over them here. But eventually decided for the uh, N15 phage linearization system, which is based on a protelomerase, which works more or less like a, a restriction enzyme, but it seals the ends of the fragment by an interstrand loop, so protecting that from exonuclases. So the first problem was how to split the chromosome. I mean, we decided to do it by linearizing it. The second was where to split it. And uh, we tried different places. And to be brutally honest, we don't know. The rules are not clear where to split it. We tried different places, and at least one of them worked. We made two incisions and separated the chromosome into two uh, pieces. But still, I mean, we don't think that's the optimum way to do it. But unfortunately, as I say, we don't have the rules. And uh, another problem we faced was what type of replication and partitioning elements we should use in order to replicate that part of the chromosome that doesn't have the origin of replication from E. coli. So we, we looked at different ways to do that, and eventually we knew that we had to import one of these from other bacteria that naturally have multiple chromosomes. So in a way, what we've done is just to generate two compatible chromosomes that could be replicated and partitioned simultaneously, much in a way as plasmids do. So eventually we came up with an E. coli that has two linear chromosomes, one of approximately three megabases and the other one, uh, one 1.3, 1.4 megabases, that can be stable maintained. But not all of these are roses. The cell that we generated, although it's viable, it still has some growth defects. For example, it grows 60% slower than the wild type, and 10% of the cells we know they form filament. So the cells, although viable, are not extremely happy. And finally, what's next? Where do we go from here? Well, I'm not going to answer that question in terms of how to design, I mean, organisms from scratch, because there's a lot of debate on that, and honestly, I, I don't have the knowledge to answer that question. But at least I can tell you what we got. Although we proved that we can split the chromosome into uh, smaller subgenomes, I think we can still improve that by, first of all, finding what the rules of fragmentation are to generate not only viable cells, but cells that have no growth defect, and also start, let's say, cutting and pasting DNA from uh, assembly host and combining those different chromosomes just to make different bacteria with different flavors, let's say. That will actually help make organisms of chromosomes that are much larger than the limit that uh, is imposed by the current uh, assembly host. That's very interesting. Thanks, Federico, and thanks again for joining us. Thank you. 
To learn more about the authors of the manuscripts in our current issue, please see the Introducing Our Authors section on the web. Read this section to get a young synthetic biologist's perspective on their research. That's it for this month's show. Join us again next month for more ACS synthetic biology highlights and interviews with our authors. To learn more about the journal, please visit us at www.acssyntheticbiology.org. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, goodbye.